Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast about practical shooting or just bullshitting on the internet. It's okay, though. This is the Manny Talk Shooting Show. Uh, without further ado, we got to talk about the title sponsor of the podcast, Go Fast, Don't Suck. They make all the banners that I use. Um, usually I'm wearing a hat, but since I got my hair cut, uh, I don't need to feel so bad about my bad hair, so it's okay. Um, they make the memes on the internet that you need, dry fire targets to go get off your ass and go dry fire at home. But go check them out, gofastdontsuck.net. Um, I think I'm forgetting to tell you something. Oh, yeah, they've got those new mesh banners that I really like, so go check them out. If you're a match, go buy them. Without further ado, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of why we're here. We're sitting down with Mr. Emmett Reed. Emmett, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. So far, so good. Right. It's a uh, wonderful Thursday uh, evening. Uh, we can't complain. Yeah. I mean, but uh, I mean, it could always be worse. You could be at Carry Optics Nationals right now, but you're not. Uh, I mean, I was signed up for it and I, I backed out and I kind of, re- uh, well, I mean, I didn't regret backing out until today, seeing like people go walk stage as well. No, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's always the, uh, that's always like the, the remorse after the fact, after you've made the decision and you're like, Oh, it's here now. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I feel that way too about some things, but, uh, for the people who don't know you on the internet, who are you and how did you get into shooting? Uh, who I am. Um, I mean, my name's Emmett, just a regular guy. There's nothing to who I am. Um, <laughs> I got into shooting, well, I got into USPSA, it's got to be about four years ago now, but started um, shooting handguns when I turned 21, when I could buy one, so. Gotcha. Now, uh, was did you always grow up with firearms in the house, or was this something you, you know, you turned 21 and decided, oh, I want to I wanna own firearms? Um, we, a couple of rifles could sneak in, but that was about it. I uh, tried very hard to get my parents to let me have more than that or, or, you know, I pay for it, but they even, you know, buy me a handgun or something. They were absolutely against it, mm-hmm. uh, which that's changed now, but at the time they were absolutely against it. So it was just when I turned 21, got a, uh, a CHL and bought my first handgun and, uh, yeah, started from there. Now, what was that first handgun? Uh, I was a MNP shield. Okay. Now, uh, did you like it at the time? Was it? Well, I'm guessing it was. It was probably super popular back then too. Yeah, it but, just came out and it was fire. Right. <laughs> now looking back, would you be like, "Why did I pick this as my first carry gun?" <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. As soon as I started playing around with different options, I I retired that one. So, <laughs> got Fair got enough. rid of it. Okay. Fair enough. Now, um, how long after you turned? Um, oh, let's say let's speak. What first? What first division did you start in in USPSA? Carry optics. All right. Okay. So you weren't like a silly person who's like, I'm going to try production first. No, honestly, the the 10 round limit completely turned me off. And I had somebody try to convince me to shoot a USPSA match back when carry optics was only 10 rounds, but I had never heard of competition shooting before. And as soon as they told me that, I was like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> right. Now, how did you find USPSA in to begin with? Well, uh, I just moved to a different town, moved to Austin, and there was a local indoor gun range that 
I started going to and they hosted like this extremely, extremely silly uh, indoor, you know, competition. These little these little matches, they called them gunfighter matches. And uh, yeah, that was it's just as good as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> well, I showed up to that and and after. Well, after being displeased with how that was ran and some of the rules that wouldn't let me use what I wanted to use and you couldn't draw from a holster and all just all a bunch of silly stuff. I met uh, a guy there, a friend of mine who was, I was like, man, this is like, I want to, I want to shoot. Like, this is fun to, to shoot against people, but these matches are done. <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, you should shoot USPSA. I was like, okay, well, like, what's that? I'll shoot that. And so he got me into uh, my first USPSA match uh and yeah everything from there i was like wow that was everything else is dumb now this is what i'm doing mm -hmm. well i mean it took a long time to get to that point but initially i got to the point where it was uh everything else is dumb this is what i'm doing now <laughs> right exactly um so when you started in carry optics did you use an mp platform or did you switch completely to a different gun type so mps is what i've mostly been using full-size mps i got rid of the shield um i preferred those and then i actually started uspsa right in the middle of like i was I, I decided to shoot glocks for a whole year dedicate a year to glocks because like i wanted an educated opinion on it about it instead of just like kind of you know crapping all over it on the internet for being oh like glocks are stupid you know everything else is better blah blah, blah. so anyway i just decided to shoot glocks for a year so i actually started uspsa shooting my carry glock which is a 19x with the rmr on it nice and then very shortly afterwards that year was over and i went back to him in peace <laughs> <laughs> uh when you shoot carry optics do you still shoot an mmp or do you shoot a different platform now i shoot a shadow two now i uh i made G grandmaster and carry optics with the mmp and then kind of my friends around me local in the area that i that i made were shooting shadow twos and kind of like you know want to be part of the cool kid club you know so i, I got a shadow two and uh, there was a lot of growing pains with that gun uh, mm -hmm. and a lot of me trying to make it work right. But <laughs> uh, that's what I shot in CO up until the end of last year when I decided this year was going to be open. Mm -hmm. oh, awesome. Open open is the one true division and only shoot open is the proper hashtag for all USPSA shooters. <laughs> you know, I didn't think so until I started shooting it. And I was like, I'm in. I'm sold. I love it. Mm -hmm. Now what? You're using a, I'm assuming probably what, a checkmate? Yes, a CZ. I know the 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 poor man's open gun. So hey, but you can afford a couple, so you can put put them all together and get a Lego gun. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. But hey, they work. They work great. So I just keep not yeah, cleaning did... them, and they just keep running. So well, so that's the good part, right? Did you have to ream yeah. with the barrel on it to get it to take longer bullets? I didn't initially. Uh, just had had ammo loaded to one one three overall, and that yeah. worked. And then. Um, I, I don't know. I figured out it was cheap insurance. Basically, I was convinced by a friend of mine and then got the barrels reamed. And now, you know, but it it made no difference before. And, and after that, I didn't have to, but. But a bit safe than sorry for that cheap insurance of it's. A yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, if you had to do that over again, would you still be running checkmates or would you be running like a 2011? Well. I mean, like everybody else who gets into, like, looks at open guns, you know, like, 
2011s are cool. They're they're flashy. You know, and stuff like Infinities are 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 awesome, but they also come with the well the price tag of of awesome 2011s. So uh, I was decided to ball on a budget, not waste. Well, not spend all the money that I own on uh, on this at the time. Of course, you know now like if it if it's a if it's that distinctive an advantage, if I ever get my hands on one and play with one and decide it's that distinctive an advantage, I would I would certainly pick one up. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Now, are your shadow? Are I'm sorry. Are your checkmates parrots at all, or are they just the regular uh, checkmates? Nope they're they're just regular. I didn't really see a point in getting the parrot. They were just like flashy colored parts on parts that I was going to replace immediately. So that that's a fair statement because yeah, <laughs> you, you pretty much got to do it. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool and. I, Open is the one true division, even though everyone's shooting carry optics. Open is opens where the real fun is at. Not gonna lie. I don't know. It, it is, but seeing seeing all this heat going into CO nets and everybody jumping on the bandwagon, I'm like, yeah, I could pick up a CO gun again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing wrong there. Now, do you are you loading for yourself now, or do you, or do you just buy ammo for your guns? Uh, so as far as I knew, there was no like off the shelf major ammo that I could buy. Uh, and that was what would kind of kept me out of open. I had a couple of friends locally that were trying to like bully me into, into shooting open. Uh, and I was like, dude, I, I don't reload. I buy factory ammo and dry fire a lot. That's what I do. So like just shoot for matches basically is what my plan was in CO. And, uh, and they convinced me like, dude, I've got a, I've got a loader. Like you take care of all the costs, you know, no problems, you know, you can use that thing. And so I was like, okay, sounds good, but you know, it's going to be a big commitment on you, but here we go. So I got into open that way. And that's uh, technically I do not load for myself and I do not buy new ammo. So, (laughs) well, there you go. That's, that's, that's the way to do it is have friends who enable you to reload ammo. That's, that's the best part. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah, they're the real, they're the real MVPs. Right now, did you have to did it take you a while to like develop a load for the guns, or was it pretty much plug and play for you? Uh, plug and play. A friend of mine said, "Like this is the load," and so we we loaded that load, and that was it. And then he made one change, and was like, "We're gonna try different powder." Tried that, and was like, "Yeah, that works better." So we load that, and then uh, and it's it's since change back over to the 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 old load because uh now another friend of mine i'm you know using his machine for it uh instead of the original so he's just gonna i'm just gonna load whatever he's loading basically i'm not gonna change any functions any settings he's he set it up to run a certain major load so that's what i'm using so i'm just i'm along for the ride fair enough i mean it's probably easy that way and it's if it works it works right yeah it's fine absolutely fine Mm -hmm. so you sweat how long did it take you uh, so you, you made GM and carry optics. How long do you think that of really trying hard to make GM did it take you? Um, well, my 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 intro to USPSA, the timeline's a bit it's a bit fractured. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got into it, I shot one match I think in the like very end of 2018, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was it was into 2019 before I shot another one. And when I started it, I was, I was very casual, you know, it was tactical Timmy. I was like, look at me, I'm shooting matches. This is cool. But I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't doing any, any kind of, you know, effort, putting any effort into it. Um, and so that continued that way for a little while. I really didn't pick it up and start trying in earnest until um, COVID started to die down. 
I took a big break from it from COVID just because their like matches got canceled for a while and I lost motivation for a while. Um, ammo got expensive. And uh, so it tore, towards the end of COVID, I really decided like, all right, I'm gonna start shooting again. And it took a few matches before I was like, I'm actually like pretty good at this without trying. So it's time to start trying. And uh, I started that. So I think trying in earnest, I, I really can't remember the time. I'm trying to remember when I made Gene Mint GM. But uh, it wasn't very much later, I would say 2020, I mean, within a year, I don't know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I mean, a lot of people make it in a lot longer time, and some are the crazy addicts who make it in a lot faster time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, now... Did you always have the goal of being a GM or did it just kind of happen for you? Uh, you know, honestly, I kind of avoided being a GM for a little bit because I kind of, even after I started taking it really seriously, I was kind of like, oh man, I don't, I don't really want to be a GM because in my mind, like, you know, that was, these were the, these were the, the JJ Rakajas, the Max Michelles, the people that you couldn't touch, right? These are the, the guys that are kind of put up on a pedestal. And I was just like, man, I don't really want to be a, like I'm not that I'm not that that level. Like I'm not good enough. Uh, eventually, I got over that and realized that was that was stupid. And why hold your back self back for no reason? So, I did make GM. It was not. I didn't have the goal of making GM. It just it just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Now, uh, before you became a GM, were you winning your local matches, or or you were always in the mix to win? Because in Austin, there uh, was a lot of lot of heat down in Austin. Oh yeah. That's a great place to shoot. Great place. I stumbled into a really good thing here. Um, I mean, yeah, after I started taking it seriously and, and trying hard, it was, it, I was in the mix to win, you know, it, it was me and mostly one other person for another friend of mine who are, who are constantly going back and forth up here. Uh, it pistol wise, you know, PCC wise, but there's a, there's another assassin down here that will <laughs> be in the mix with the PCC, but mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always pretty cool. You know, when you when you always know you can go back and forth with that other person and see who's got to mess up to 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 lose, right? Yeah, we we do a great job of pushing each other. I think you know it's it's a good a good part of the reason why we both are where we are at. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, and I I do always like having like that push guy that got the the one you always got to worry about at a match. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, um, now. Primarily, since you you know you're, you're living in Austin, what Austin clubs are you? What are you? What clubs near Austin are you shooting at for matches? Um, last year I shot one, two, three, I think four different clubs monthly. Mm -hmm. um, how I treated it was like my only live fire. Basically, I treated locals as as practice. You know, I, I dry fired during the week and I would go shoot a different local on the weekends. And that was where I experimented or focused on things. And that's kind of an unorthodox way of, of doing it. Both me and my friend of mine do that, which is kind of kind of half the reason we go back and forth on placement because we are like we're there working on something, basically. But uh, I shot four different clubs um, in Austin last year. This year, I kind of dialed it back so that I can get other stuff in my life and I'm really paying it focusing on, on one club, our, our home club, a friend of mine, he's the, he's the MD. It's a uh, Austin practical shooting, Austin, APSC. Mm -hmm. What does the C stand for? 
I'm assuming competitions. Never actually read past the acronyms, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, just one club there this this year uh, is what it's been so far, and then we shoot at that club match twice a twice a month. We have a match. He's the MD. I kind of I kind of helped out setting up stuff and doing stuff there when I can, and and uh, yeah, that's the only thing we got going on this year, basically. Gotcha. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, well, APSE is pretty much dedicated for people training uh, practical shooting, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got a one of my best friends, uh, Brian Levy, lives down there and he shoots down there all the time. So heck yeah, yeah. yeah. My, he uh, my... he was one of the first guys that like really you know in, encouraged me in the area and was like, dude, you know, like, you know, you're you're good. Practice, you know, you 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 can make GM all this stuff. And I was just like Eeyore and like, oh, I'm not that great. You know, I don't know about practice. And I don't want to be a GM. Blah blah blah. blah. And so yeah, he he did a good job of of encouraging me throughout the when I, when you know when I first got it started when it first started taking it seriously around here too so he he may not even know that but yeah he uh he's one of the he's one of the best dudes he he gets down about himself sometimes but he always bounces back and he's like because I think he what he's even going to nationals this week so I was like, he's like oh isn't heck yeah yeah. Heck yeah I don't know what slot I don't know what club slot he, he took but I don't know if it was AP I don't know probably not APSC maybe it was the temple slot I don't know but yeah, he's at nationals and yeah. I don't know. We were very, we were very lucky to meet each other through mutual friends via the internet. And then we just kind of, we meshed and it worked out together, but he's a good dude. Um, there's my plug for Brian for the show. It's like <laughs> I did that last time when I was on the, when I did one with Cameron, I had to talk about Brian. Oh. Yeah. So you, you moved over to pretty much this year shooting open. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you went down to the what the Caribbean Open. I did, yeah. How was that match for you? Then that was my favorite experience so far shooting. I I loved it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, no complaints there. No, why do you say that was your you know your preferred match to shoot or your best experience? Why was that? Um. Well, I mean, how it was ran was like immaculate um everything was like all the um the the staff were great you know there was never any backups there was never any any issues that that arose there was never any lazy ro's there was nothing you know squad flow was great the match side or the staff side worked fantastic the the stages were great uh i mean the locale is great just beautiful great weather i mean it rained on and off constantly but that still counts as beautiful weather over there you know yeah. As long as it's not storming. Uh, and then I, by far, like what was awesome was just the massive like uh, awards and banquet that happened afterward, followed by the the shoot offs of everybody that, that was, you know, the top in their divisions. Um, and that was just a, that was a really cool thing to be a part of, to just see all that happening. There's a lot of energy there. So mm -hmm. just a, it's a really good experience. Yeah. Plus the paella. I guess I missed on that one. You missed out on the food? How do you miss out on the food? Well, I mean, I ate food. I don't know what I ate by name, though. So, oh, fair enough. <laughs> I ate lots of food. <laughs> yeah, I, if I remember right, um, from pictures I saw from my buddy Gelnet, is uh, the big old paella pan that ever you know that they made the paella. Oh, the well, then yeah, I, I ate that. You yeah. devoured it, didn't you? I well, funny story with that. I actually like didn't get it when everybody was eating because like 
and then everybody started drinking and they're like, well, you can't have alcohol because you're going to be in the shoot offs, et cetera. And so my friends kind of kept me back from that in a good way, in a good way. They were watching out for me. And, uh, and so I didn't really eat. I was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to shoot off first kind of deal. And so that was done and we were watching the awards ceremony and I, I still didn't really eat anything, maybe like two or three bites. And I just, this friend of mine came up with a to-go plate. She was just like, I had to fight him for this. Like they would not give me food. <laughs> and I was like, I, I got this for you. So he wouldn't let me have it. And I was like, were you in the shoot offs? Cause no, I didn't think so. Give me food. Like you didn't eat yet. Right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what, what did you think of the shoot off? Uh, dude, that was, that was fun. That was a, a crazy amount of like energy and, and pressure. I don't know. I've never shot in front of, uh, you know, that kind of people just kind of watching you and it made it man, seem like a big deal to, you know, that's the top of uh, the top of the top, but it was a brand new experience. And, it was great. I loved it. I, I wish that would occur more often, but at the same time, I guess if it did, it would kind of kill the magic of it, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I can understand that too. Now you happened to win the Caribbean open. Um, was that your first major match win? It was, it was, I, yes, it was. I've, <laughs> I've, I've had many of, uh, head and ass, uh, major matches last year <laughs> Yeah, and won this year. <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, did you do anything because it's so early, it was so early in the year. Did you do any preparations for the match or did you just kind of like make sure the guns functioned, they were zeroed and then go to the match? I mean, I, I was doing my normal routine. I was dry firing. Uh, I didn't ramp anything up. I mean, I was dry firing. I was shooting locals. Uh, and then yeah, I made sure it was, it was, it was clean, uh, and flew over there and it was clean. All right. But I'll, yeah, it, it, it worked. The uh, I may have cleaned it a little too well. The optic mount kept coming loose the first day between every stage. So I had to run over to the safe table and zip it back up. That that's no good. That that's just got to be annoying. Yeah, it's like all this all this prep for nothing. Red Loctite, you failed me. <laughs> right. The one time it, it's like it's not supposed to be loose, and it is. Yeah. That's sad. Well, that's okay. You still won. So that's always the yeah, good part, it, right? It worked out great. No complaints. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Now, uh, how much dry fire a week do you think you go through? Uh, well, generally my schedule is about twice a day, uh, in the morning around five o'clock or so before I get go off to work. Uh, and then in the afternoon when I get off, uh, it was probably about 20 to 30 minutes at a time. So, uh, maybe, you know, 40 minutes to an hour a day. And I would do that during the weekdays and then the weekends where I, you know, I would shoot a local match and, and then, you know, have a chill day dry fire wise Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. That makes it nice. It means it gives you a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of, uh, you know, flexibility, you know, it's not too, too strenuous that way. Right. You do it enough that you like it, but you're not like doing it every day. So you dread it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, all this is approximate, like it'll fluctuate up and down. You know, sometimes you get super motivated. Sometimes you get completely unmotivated. So, you know, it fluctuates a little bit from time to time. Right. It's fair enough. And I think that's kind of how it should be. It shouldn't be. Uh, if you're not feeling it, don't do it because then you're just going to regret it. It seems. Like. Mm -hmm. But um, so, current, you know, do you have any goals currently in your shooting? Um, I mean, broad goal, like 
I'm here to party. I'm here to win. So mm-hmm. barring an act of God, like national title is my goal, my first one. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know how long that'll take, but like I said, here to party. <laughs> right now. Uh, is it just been, you're, you're, you're very competitive in nature or you just could see yourself at the top of the sport. Um, as a, as a overall, as a personality, like, I don't, I don't know if I was extremely competitive before I got into USPSA and then, uh, well, but you know, before I started taking it seriously and, and now that I am, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not here to put effort in with, with nothing to show for it. You know, I'm not here to, to just, to just waste my time and have fun. Winning is fun. You know, I'm not, not mm-hmm. just having fun. It's having fun. So, uh, I'm pretty competitive about USPSA mostly internally, but, I, but I am. So yeah, that drives me a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I think we all need to have goals to strive for. Uh, my goals are different than yours, but uh, I think everyone should have goals. And uh, I commemorate you for wanting to be a national champion. I know I'll never be there, but uh, <laughs> it's but uh, it's good to have those kind of goals. Um, could you see yourself trying to go to the world shoot? If the opportunity presents itself, that would be amazing. I would love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, primarily other than going to nationals from time to time, um, do you normally just stay within area four or just inside Texas for the most part? Well, I think last year was about the first year I really started shooting majors. Um, mm-hmm. and most of those were in Texas. I, I, I went around to a couple different ones. I went to area three last year. Mm-hmm. Um, fun time disaster. Uh, <laughs> and then that was my first area match. And then I shot area four, in Oklahoma, uh, last year as well. Um, so, I mean, I think the longer I'm in it, the more willing I am to, to travel around, you know, this year I was in Puerto Rico. I need to, my friends keep bugging me about getting a passport. I need to do that so I can like explore things, you know, we can explore things, uh, mm-hmm. overseas, but yeah, I'm, I'm the longer I'm in this, the more I'm willing to think, yeah, let's travel around. Let's hit where, where, where good people are going to be, where the heat is going to be like that. That's what I want to shoot. Right. Well, and I guess the nice thing with shooting open division is the least affected division via IPSC. So, right. It's not like you're going to like, you're shooting carry optics for the most all the time and your gun's not legal or your mags aren't legal and you got to push them back farther and right. open is open. So that's, that's the best part. Though I will say they, they did do uh, IPSC rules for gun rules in the Caribbean open mm-hmm. and the 15 round, production optics division like that that doesn't bother me that's actually interesting i like i i would be fine with that 10 rounds now nah. but 15 i mean especially those stages like it made it made it a little more interesting like i'd be fine with that the standardized with ipsic rules i mean mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean that you think about it the nice thing is you know you can uh you know you have enough rounds for makeup shots so you're not super limited on stages but you're not also uh running one whole mag for the whole uh whole stage you have to think about a reload yeah and especially Don't be wrong, still like open, but yeah, I'd be okay. Open with open to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I have to reload maybe sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Or wait, or I have to reload on a standard stage. That's about <laughs> Reload <those> stages. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and some people are like, oh, we're going to shoot this 24 round stage with steel. I'm not reloading. Nope. Not, nope. We're just going to keep shooting. <laughs> nope. As long as yeah. I got one left, we're good. Send it. Exactly. Now, um, 
did you find it difficult with being running a checkmate to finding certain parts and um not being hindered um for certain parts yeah uh, as soon as we started figuring out that basically if you want good stuff you just order it overseas order it from europe so we get a lot of stuff from like ipsic store uh sabo weapons so um there's there's a group of us so i think three of us four now that that picked up checkmates uh the same time here in austin and so we all just kind of like experimented with different parts and figured out what worked and what didn't rather quickly because of that so now it's just we've got this standard cookie cutter of like this is what i like this is what i go straight to but but yeah basically just just order it from europe uh every once in a while something else is in stock in the u.s but don't count on it and it's fine yeah yeah well that makes sense and uh probably uh i'm gonna buy 10 hammers who wants a hammer <laughs> yeah well I, I just got around to the hammer thing i was the last one on board with that uh i just put a hammer in, in my match gun like a month ago something like that mm -hmm. so i finally got around to upgrading the trigger i've just been running you know stock stuff as far as that went but yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah it's fine it, it won't blow up yet i don't know i mean it's not a sick yeah. so so you're good there right <laughs> <laughs> So far, these things, I say these things I'm looking at, has been like way more reliable than my Shadow 2 was during my CO experience, mm -hmm. or at least my first Shadow 2 was. I got a second one that worked fine. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm in love with that part. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's honestly the good thing, too, is that a gun that just runs. I'm very lucky. Knock on this table. My open gun just runs. I don't, I don't have to dick with it. It just, you put the bullets in it and it shoots. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for that. I'm not a tinkerer. I don't, I don't want to be a gunsmith. Uh, just let me shoot, please. Right, exactly. And as so, soon as you find a gun or a platform that does it, just stick with it. Just seems how it works. But um, you shot Area Four recently. Yes. Um, how was that experience? Uh, it was good. It's a good match. Um, yeah, worked out better than it, than I thought it was going to in the middle of the match. So that's great. <laughs> a local, <laughs> local-ish. So a couple hours away, not too far. So yeah, yeah. Got an, got only an thing eight. about four and a half hours away from Austin. Pretty good. Right. It's not like you're in the whole car for a whole day going to somewhere. Like if you're going to nationals or something. Yeah. So that's good. Um, was there any stage in particular that you liked or disliked? Uh, I mean, I thought there, there may have been a couple of, uh, a little bit, you know, cheesier or dumber stages that are not my thing, but, uh, and then there, there was a couple that I liked. I liked, uh, I mean, I don't know the names of any of them off the top of my head or I'll describe them, but it was a, it was a decent mix. There was nothing terribly technical about any of the stages. Um, but, but they were good for the most part. There was a couple of like dumb or not well not dumb just poor choices made and using you know no shoots to cover up things that calls it would cause reshoots or something like that but besides that mm -hmm. yeah and it seemed like it seemed like they what tried to there was a couple bays that had multiple stages in it yeah there were two bays that had uh too many stages in each which mm -hmm. You know, then there was an entire, like, perhaps even the the longest distance-wise bay that was on that side uh, had was just dedicated to chronograph. 
like this whole wide open longest bay that just had a chrono on it. And then there was another whole open bay just for siding and practice. And I was like, why didn't we kind of squish those two together and, and get another big stage out of here? But, you know, it's neither here nor there, I suppose. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you would think, well, you never know. That's got to be what? Mission 160's fourth or fifth major match there. Yeah. You, so, you know, you never know. They wanted to squeeze, probably squeeze as many stages in. But, yeah, I don't necessarily see the point of having Chronograph have its own separate bay. Unless it's a super small bay. Like, you just have the minimum distance to be for Chrono. Yeah. Or you have plenty but, of bays and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I suppose they had a reason for it. I don't know. You know, what do I know? I just show up and shoot. Right, exactly. That's the best part sometimes. I got the yawns. Oh, no. It's been that long day, but it's okay. Um, so, ooh, I guess this is a good question. I guess I'll throw it this way. Um, how has matches um, affected your dry fire? Like, do you... Will you let, let me. I guess I'll only rephrase this or add on to it. Um, has a match affected what you do in dry fire the next day or the next week? Or is it vice versa? Uh, I would say yes, heavily. Um, and more towards the beginning of last year when I was like really trying to, uh, to, uh, well, take, you know, take this seriously and work on deficiencies, everything I, I would do at matches, uh, and then sometimes even in dry fire or, or even live fire practice when I get a chance to, it was all recorded. So I could, I could, you know, scope it out and see what, where I messed up or what's wrong, what I can improve on. Uh, and yeah, last year especially was heavily weighed towards if I saw something that, was dumb in a match uh it kind of i separate it in two categories which is like gun handling and and then movement um so you know gun handling wise that's real easy to iron out it's like well you just you just you can't reload to save your life well that's no problem just work on that kind of deal that makes it simple mm -hmm. um and then movement wise um i mean more or less the same thing find something to do and dry fire that would kind of override your body's natural tendency to do something dumb going into or and out of a spot uh, and then hammer that. Um, so, yeah, it, it impacted it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, and I guess that's a good way of looking at it since you kind of use your local matches as practice. You know, you're able yeah. to take those inefficiencies in a match and then correct them for the next week. Um, I feel that a lot of people just do the same things over and over again in uh in their dry fire and they don't really necessarily get better at anything because they're not yeah, look, they just they take their match video for entertainment instead of actually looking at to analyze what they're doing yeah, yeah everything goes through slow-mo and if it will you know stupid parts get put through slow-mo and i figure out like what's going on but uh mm -hmm. but yeah that you're exactly right i see a lot of people that just kind of spin their wheels because they try fire technically mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but but that's they, they haven't really put practical application behind it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's their loss, I guess, but I mean, eventually they'll figure it out and learn. Yeah. I mean, or, or they won't, whatever. <laughs> so within, so, so from switching to open, uh, what is something that's like been a big aha moment from maybe going from carry optics into open division, something you could, that you, ha you know, you could, you could get away with in carry optics, but you can't necessarily get away with an open or vice versa. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's actually interesting. Cause I, 
I'm, I'm struggling a lot harder with the with with mastering grip pressures and consistency of control with the open gun than I am a CO gun. Uh, okay. So my aha moment was that I thought I thought open was supposed to be like CO but easier. You know, you grip it and rip it the same way, and you know the gun doesn't move and everything works out great. Um, but like if I grip and rip it the same way I do a CO gun, just it's, it's, it's like catastrophic for consistency and, and performance. I mean, the gun just behaves so erratically. It's crazy. So I've had to figure out how to dial back, uh, grip pressures in certain areas that I were doing with the CO gun. Um, and so I'm still struggling with up until including like a couple of weeks ago, I've implemented yet another change in how I, how I hold the gun, how I grip the gun, the pressures on it. And, uh, I'm, you know, it's just a, it's been a constant constant tweak since day one. Still trying to figure it out and and, and get that consistency down. Mm-hmm. Now on your checkmate, do you have a thumb rest or do you go no thumb rest? I do have a thumb rest. I've got the uh, the TiVo thumb lock slide uh, stop pin for like the Shadow Twos. I threw that in there. Uh, it it eats those things pretty fast. <laughs> so uh, I, I went to a I switched to the pro version. It was all the one piece instead of the the separate like thumb gas pedal that you that you screwed on to the slide stop pin. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've met, lasted much longer, much longer. So that's what I'm using right now. Gotcha. So well, that's but then did your Shadow Two have those on there, or do you not have those on there for your Shadow Twos? My Shadow Two didn't have TiVos. I played around with a couple of different. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think there was one from like uh, Shooter SSI Shooting Sports Innovation Innovations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nitro fin that's what it's called uh there was a nitro fin on there for a little bit there was one from Eman tech that that was like very small and minuscule that was on there for a little bit uh i kept i was just wasn't happy with them i kept playing around with them and i was like I, this is dumb mostly because like of my input to it because i was you know i would i would just put pressure on it the wrong way i would i would uh you know just it, i don't know it caused grip consistency issues i got a i got a tivo for the shadow two and I never live fired it. I stuck it in there and I picked up the gun like twice. And I was like, this, it feels terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I took that, I took that off right away. Um, and then it wasn't until I switched to open, I threw it back in there and shot it live fire. And I was like, hang on, you know, might be onto something here. And then I, so I, I tried that and a couple of other options with the the checkmate and I went with that. So that's, that's what I use now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually, well, at least you were, you know, you analytical about it at some point and then you were like, yeah, this works for me. Um, and it, it helps you and you, you know, you've got that, that gas pedal. The nice thing about a gas pedal is it also just props the gun up really well on tables and barrels and things. So you don't yeah. have to, you don't have to pick it up. It's just already hanging out there in mid space. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I guess, well, so that's been interesting. So you've been having, you've had to more change how you grip the checkmate than you do a shadow two. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when you go back to a shadow two, have you changed your grip on that? Or did you go back to your original grip on the shadow two? Uh, go back to the original grip. If I, if I try to use my open gun grip on the shadow two, it does not bathe how I want it to. So when I pick that back up again, or really any other pistol, you know, back up again, um, I just pick it up and tell myself like revert back, grip it, Rip it and rip it, basically, and then I can go straight back to, well, not not completely straight back to, but but pretty close to straight back to how I was controlling the gun before. Um, it's it's been a lot harder every time I do that to then go back to a checkmate and not do that to the checkmate. So, <laughs> right. 
Which is fair, yeah. And I can see where that become that definitely can become an issue, especially if you're trying to shoot one match in CO and then go back to to open and. Which is exactly why I backed out of CO Nats this year, uh, because I originally really really wanted to shoot it, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, I'll take probably a month before CO. This is in my mind, you know, last year I'll, t- I'll take a month before open Nats and get back on the CO gun. And after I have had so much growing pains with the open gun, uh, and and realized like basically i've got so much more ground here to cover i don't really feel like playing with a different gun right now uh so mm-hmm. i was i was like it's not a wise use of my resources if i'm not fully exe- invested in that uh um division to go to co nets so I, I backed out of it mm-hmm. fair enough so speaking of C- um co nets what other majors do you still have left on your calendar i just added area three a couple of days ago uh, I am signed up for open Nats. I'm on a wait list. So that's a bummer. I, mm-hmm. Hopefully I get into that. We'll see. Uh, I don't know how crazy the wait list is. I know the, the wait list for CO Nats was crazy. But yeah, uh, no club slot or anything for open. So we're just going to wait list it out. Hopefully I make it. So I've got uh, A3 potentially open Nats. I don't know. I've got the Sooner State Showdown, I think, in Oklahoma. And then I'm signed up for Ipsic Nats. Uh, at the end of the year and that's that's all i've got major wise for the year hmm. well that'd be pretty cool you still got a you know you still got a full schedule it seems like so always yeah. things to look forward to and train for so it's not like you're you know you, the possibility of getting burnt out is uh is there you know yeah i did i did have a lot more on the schedule for this year um mm-hmm. i've had to cancel a couple of matches because of certain reasons and so now it's like middle of the year and I'm like, all right, well now we can try to shoot some, some more majors and open. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fair enough. Now I, I've got some listener questions. Um, so hopefully we can get some of these answered. If these are really off the wall, you're gonna have to tell me and <laughs> I'll just, uh, I'll figure it out. But, uh, so these are okay. from Matt Chua. Um, he asked, when are you going to stop getting injured right before a major match? I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I am in the middle of, imaging and going to a different doctor and stuff so hopefully we're going to stop now that's when we're going to stop like we're done with that (laughs) there you go and uh he asks what are solutions to stop people from snoring good lord uh he's busting your balls downstairs (laughs) sleep in a different room man don't sleep in the same room as me that's the solution (laughs) <laughs> so i guess this i guess this revolves some backstory i guess so i'm assuming you shared an airbnb at some point we shared an airbnb for infinity's world pistol shoot earlier this year and cameron matt Chua, and i are in the same room and beforehand you know i'm like does anybody snore do you snore <laughs> like i can't stand like noises is like something it's my trigger i get unreasonably aggravated at noise that's just that's just who i am and like no no don't snore don't snore that guy like it's, it's like the loudest snore I've ever heard. And just when you think it stops, it won't. And for some reason, I override my my natural tendency to just lose my shit and choke him out with a pillow <laughs> to be like polite and like, oh, you know, it, I'll, I'll fall asleep still. It'll be OK. Uh, it, it was not OK. <laughs> so, yeah, next time we get an Airbnb, he's in like the other end of the house. That's how that works. <laughs> Damn, Matt. Matt. Mm. That sucks. <laughs> And I know I snore and like with love, yeah, just choke them out with love. I know I snore, but I'm pretty good about it. If I sleep on, I I typically am a side sleeper, so 
I only really snore on my back. So I'm very lucky. Like snoring is very limited, but I definitely understand that because growing up, um, I grew up with like my father would snore horribly and he'd, he's a back sleeper. So, you know, so it just doesn't stop. And you're like, I can't kill you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't handle that. I don't honestly like, I don't know how that doesn't like end marriages, dissolve relationships. It's just, that's, mm, that's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are you going to make sure everyone goes to a sleep, uh, a sleep study before you, uh, book an Airbnb with them again? <laughs> or just have multiple rooms at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> for certain people. Right. For certain people, Matt. Yeah. Matt, Matt particularly. Um, so you said you also went to the world pistol shootout. What'd you think of that match? I thought that Matt was awesome. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll definitely be going back, uh, it was great. They had great stage designs. I like the rules. Um, they had the, the shoot off hanging out was fun. Um, they had good food. Uh, there's, you know, they could smooth some stuff out, uh, match flow wise, uh, running the match with a couple of backups, mostly like how they would, you know, schedule just at seemingly random locations. So you were jumping all over the place to like, you know, go, go shoot, um, um, your shooting schedule for stages would be all over the place. Uh, you know, lack of a couple of facilities, but overall, like, great. And I expect that they're going to ramp things up greatly, even forward, even more forward going in the forwards, yeah, even more in the future going forward. So, mm -hmm. a big fan. Uh, it comes back, I'll be there. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you did you like the fact that you couldn't walk stages beforehand? I did. Uh, that turned out to be. Well, one of many things you str I struggled with that weekend, uh, but it was a, it was a good challenge. It was an interesting challenge. It it well, it's the first time I've ever done something like that, so it really showed me like you just just don't try to plan anything at all off of watching other people or what you think you can see from you know behind the little the little boundary the the stage boundary beforehand. So uh, I I like that. I'll be definitely better prepared for that kind of scenario in the future and been working on that part of it. So mm -hmm. now did, did you feel that that, uh, made, uh, made your stage planning skills, uh, have to be more precise when you actually get on a stage from now on or my, I would say my, my planning skills have always been precise, but it's taken me entirely too long to get to the level of precision that I like with them. Mm -hmm. So what, what that what that showed me was I'm going to have to get from, you know, a, a rough base idea to implementing efficiencies on that stage. Just, I mean, within a, f a couple, like like three walkers or before, you know, it's like you, you figure out the base layout, you figure out flow for the layout, you figure out what you're going to have to hit your basic stage plan and then then finding all the micro efficiencies of of how you're going to blend something or move on something or where your footwork needs to be to set you up for two different positions, et cetera. So th that part of the process was entirely left out at World Pistol Shoot because it was four minutes of like, uh, I'm going to run the stage this way. And then like, just try to remember that plan mm -hmm. uh, and, and sh just shoot that. So it, you, I sac set you, you sacrifice, you're not used to it. You sacrifice a lot of, uh, of efficiency in that format is was what i experienced anyway so i'm working to ramp up that level of like get 
something visual, get visualization down faster, get a stage plan down faster, get to the point where you can determine all these micro efficiencies and, and where you're going to mess things up to a, at a sooner point so that you can and actually be, um, you know, competitive on that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you uh, at that match forget any targets? Uh, no, didn't forget any targets. Mm-hmm. Nope. Had no, uh, no FTSAs. I could feel that that with that kind of format, that would be the biggest uh, penalty someone would get would be an FTSA because they totally forget a target because of only having four minutes with 10, of, 10 11 other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, how often does that happen when you get all the walkthroughs you want at a local or, you know, that a major even it, it happens all the time. So <laughs> you got to pay, pay a little more attention, you know, don't get, don't get distracted, stay in your, in your zone. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, doo, doo, doo. what did, Oh, what did you think of the secret stage? The, the, where you had to shoot through the culverts on the ground? <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was fun. Uh, you know, it, it may be a little, maybe a little gimmicky on paper, but I was like, sure, why not? I'm up for it. And I was, I was actually trying really hard because of all I've, all I wanted to do, uh, you know, before I decided, I was like, no, you actually don't need to, you need to make sure you don't get DQ'd and take this seriously. But all I really wanted to do was, was the lethal weapon barrel roll with a gun from tunnel to tunnel. Like I practiced that behind the boundary line a few times. Like I could line this up two full spins and I'll be in the tunnel, in the tunnel, you know? <laughs> And uh, I got talked out of that by a friend of mine. He was just like, just don't be stupid. <laughs> Would you just, just shoot the stage? Right like, now. Okay, fine. You're right. Did you see anyone try to do it? Didn't see any attempt of that. No, no. But I feel like it's a mis- big missed opportunity. So I was like, man, I wish I would have done it. <laughs> yeah, just for the lols, right? Yeah, exactly. There's no practical reason to do it. It would just be funny. I just... Absolutely. Now... um, Emmett, have you taken any classes or formal training in, in competitive shooting? The only class I've taken, uh, I took, I think, a couple, you know, back in my tactical Timmy days that turned me off to classes, basically. And I was just like, this is, there's there's not value here is, is what I thought. So that turned me off from, from classes for a while. Uh, I did take one, I think, middle-ish of last year was the first or is the, and is the only uh, competitive class I've taken from JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, that's, that's been it since then. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess that's smart. And uh, what was that biggest takeaway you had from that class? If you can remember. Uh, the biggest takeaway would be how to practice. And, and I don't necessarily mean like what to practice just as far as like a kind of um mentalities you should be in during certain phases of training and also um just like how to kind of manage things mentally a little more and what i mean by that is like i don't necessarily mean you know like mental management match management kind of the way like steve anderson likes to talk about things but just like um like concentration time concentration effort how how to extend um you know, what you're able to get away with consciously with a certain amount of subconscious action. So that, that was kind of my, that, those were my big like prying questions going into that, into that class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think honestly, when you're able to go into those kind of classes and learn, you know, how to practice, you know, efficiently, it definitely takes your game to the next level because you're able to 
really analyze what you're doing, really be focused on what you're doing instead of just holistically masturbating downrange like most people do when they go to the range. And I, I mean, I'm sure that's true. And like, fair enough, if I had taken that kind of class earlier, I think that's where I would have learned that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, not to like sound braggadocious or anything, but I think I pretty well have practice figured out at that time and, you know, was doing something that was working and, uh, and a, a lot of, of kind of those kind of thoughts uh, during that class were just reinforcement for what I was already doing. It was like, this is, this is confirmation that I am kind of attacking this in the manner that I should be. And that, you know, as long as it's working, why are we, you know, I was, I was on the right track basically. Mm -hmm. But uh, that being said, you know, you take something like that before that time period, before, you know, these things, um, then yeah, that could, that could probably shortcut greatly uh, many, 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 many people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, a lot of people who should be taking classes or a lot of people who should not be taking so many classes because they go from class to class to class without actually being able to practice what they go and learn in the class. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I find, I feel that you find that much more on the tactical Timmy side of things is that they, they just go to go to classes to go get like a check mark on a resume. Exactly. You know, it turns into this, like I, I, trained with so-and-so took a class from so-and-so and that's you know part of what turned me well a lot of what turned me off of that so mm -hmm. de definitely experienced that a couple times before i was like i'm kind of done throwing my money away at this stuff so <laughs> right yeah i i do remember back when my early days i took a couple classes what did i took i took two steve fisher classes i don't know if you know who he is but uh that was a... uh yeah i do know that was the first class i ever took and i was like <laughs> We'll talk, we'll talk more about that offline then. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but I definitely uh, know a lot of people who just take classes to check mark names. So uh, yeah, but it, yeah. So, and being, being a good student also is hard for some people to do because they're just like, so uh, star shocked. It seems like of, of who the instructor is or whatnot that, that they don't actually right. learn. Yeah. Hanging on to stories, hanging on to, you know, witty, whatever's that they've got to say. And instead of a, like paying attention to anything that's actually going on. But then of course, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a um, self-fulfilling prophecy there though, because if that's what people pay attention to, then it breeds a lot of that behavior and in certain instructors and in certain, you know, training circles. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and it discourages actual productive uh, instruction. So it's, supply and demand kind of sorts that out so <laughs> right exactly exactly so Emmett, who've been some of your biggest uh mentors in this sport hmm mentors uh i don't i don't really know how to answer that i guess uh mentor is something that i've never really thought of as far as like how I've learned or progressed, it was kind of just taking anything from anybody that had something of value to get it from, uh, in a good way. You know, that was a, a lot of, I would watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts, um, watch match videos of people, uh, and then do a whole lot of, you know, analyzing of myself. Um, so I don't, 
not the, off the top of my head anyway, not without great thought. I, I couldn't say that I have like a singular or even multiple like top mentors. I never really thought about it that way before. So I don't really have an answer for you there. No, oh, fair enough. It's usually just, it's okay. It it doesn't hurt my feelings, but, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. But we're going to move on. Um, I don't know. Do you have any sponsors at all? I have my wallet and that is it. So yes. thank all you. The, Visa. All the hours I work. <laughs> so Visa, <laughs> MasterCard and American Express. Thank you for your services. <laughs> You're doing me great. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's too funny. I, and honestly, somebody needs a t-shirt that says that or something. I don't know. I've, yeah. I've thought about it jokingly many times, but <laughs> here we are. Right. But, um, but Emmett, I guess where if uh, I'm gonna have a brain fart, but it's okay. If people wanted to get a hold of you and talk to you about shooting or watch your videos, what's the best place to for them to get a hold of you? Um, I suppose Instagram. Um, I'm on there pretty sporadically. Uh, I'm trying to be coaxed on there more by a friend of mine. Uh, so we'll see. But I am on there usually like pretty sporadically. But when I get back on, I'll see whatever anybody has to say. Though. So, can probably point him to a better direction than me <laughs> <laughs> right but fair enough but uh emmett thank you for coming on brother it's been a pleasure and uh we've gotten to learn a lot about you and uh learn through your journey so thank you for coming on no yeah, thanks for having me yep. and to the listeners until next time get out and do the things and i will see you on the next one <laughs>